Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to our online service. I'm here with Pastor Tamil, and she's joining me this morning so that we can have a, a bit of a conversation around the things uh, that we've been learning over the past few weeks. And over the past three weeks, we've been dealing with uh, this concept that we introduced to the congregation of the New Testament's vision uh, of the church, the New mm -hmm. Testament's call, essentially, of who the church uh, is called to be. And we likened it to a tossed salad, a vision of this tossed salad. And just as a quick overview, uh, I, I went through three different types of salads. The, the separated salad, or what I called in the first message, the weird yeah. salad, where people actually literally separate all the ingredients of the salad and then eat it separate, which kind of makes it not a salad not, at all. Yeah. And, and just how uh, a separated salad just doesn't make sense uh, in comparison to the New Testament vision of the church. And then the one that I think is the most common uh, in the North American church, the ranch dressing salad, which is where we accept the uh, ingredients that are in the salad. So we're willing to have the olives, we're willing to have the, the tomatoes and the cucumbers and the, the whatever kind of, of weeds you choose to eat. <laughs> um, we're willing to have all of that, but then what we do is we take like a ranch dressing or something like that, whatever is your taste, and, and we smother it all over the yeah. salad in order to actually mask all the differences yeah. and make it just taste like a ranch dressing salad. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I really think that that is one of the most common analogies that we could use to sort of uh, get a view of what the North American church often looks like, is that we will accept kind of, sort of, but we want everybody to be the same. Mm -hmm. And then there's this tossed salad, this beautiful picture like Everett created in the introduction of this tossed salad with all these beautiful ingredients that don't necessarily, in theory, mix together well, but when you put a little bit of olive oil on them, and we liken the olive oil to the Spirit, the work of the Spirit, it brings it all together, but, but doesn't make it the same. It brings it together and makes each individual flavor play its role mm -hmm. in, in the salad. Yeah. And then in the second week, uh, we talked about a, a call to un unity as opposed to uniformity. And, and I think that that... Uh, is a bit of a confusion in the Christian yeah, church. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we often see uh, uniformity as unity. Um, and, and often, I think we're guilty of trying to make church the way we want church to be, and then also gathering the same type of people together uh, so that we can you know, create our ranch dressing salad uh, and then call it unity because we all seem to agree with one another. Somehow, miraculously, we all agree when it makes perfect sense that we would because we're all the we're same. We're all the same. Yep. We all think the same. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we try to make church like that. And, and that is actually, I think, a natural human disposition. Yeah, absolutely. But I yeah. don't know about you. Like, what are your, are your friends similar to you or are they very different? Yeah, I think we all tend to gravitate towards people who are like us, who are similar, right? Yeah. And that's what is actually so unique about the church is that God calls us to be this diverse community, yeah. but that's rooted in an incredible unity through, through the Spirit and in Christ. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we have a, a really deep misunderstanding of unity. Yeah. We often see it as uniformity. And uniformity really just means you think like me, therefore we think the same and we're making similar decisions together. But that's not actually the way Paul shapes unity uh, in the body. The way that Paul describes it is the body of Christ. Um, so instead of gathering all of our friends together, people like us and living in this sort of false view of unity, which is uniformity, uh, we, we really don't become a body. We become just a part. And the New Testament says, no, you're supposed to be a body with many parts. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, from him, the whole body, so from him, meaning from Jesus, the whole body... Uh, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And mm -hmm. so this beautiful picture of uh, a unique salad mm -hmm. of, of individual differences uh, blending together to form the different parts of the body. And yeah. so like you like to run a little bit or bike or whatever, anything <laughs> physical you like to do, I do not. And uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine though, I'm not much of a runner, always wanted to be, Yeah. but I couldn't imagine what it would look like or feel like or what the experience would be like if I tried to run without my toes. It would be really hard, I would be, imagine. be interesting, yeah. 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 I'm not sure that Nike's made a shoe that I solves don't think that so. problem. <laughs> so we, we can't run without our toes we yeah. need our our hands our feet our toes our you know and christ being the head and th that's the picture that the apostle paul gives us of the new testament church mm -hmm. so this tossed salad mixing together not the same yeah but uniquely working uh like a body yeah you know the yeah. olives joining the tomatoes and and so on uh, and I think, I think Paul knows something about this. He's going around and he's planting churches and he's merging Jew and Gentile together, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and he's saying, now become one body. Yeah. Become one, this oneness that Paul talks about. It, it, it's really It's wild. radical. And so the body has different parts that make us unified together as a functioning body in Christ, with Christ being the head of it all. And then in that sermon, I, I did something that I think is super important to connecting unity because the Bible gives us uh, direction in that. And that is that spiritual gifts were actually given for unity. Mm -hmm. So we, we work together within our spiritual giftings that have been given to us by the Holy Spirit. And that merges the body parts into, together to function as one body so spiritual gifts were given for unity not for individual transformation and yeah. i know in the christian church some of my experiences have been that spiritual gifts become more about the individual mm -hmm. than they do about edifying the body yeah the way that paul would would put it yeah and then we moved into key ingredients key things that that drive all of this together. And I love how scripture does this. I love how the Apostle Paul specifically weaves all of this together to show us that this tossed salad is actually possible, mm -hmm. that this can happen. And the key ingredients were? Grace and love. Yeah. yeah. And specifically love 
driving grace, right? right? Love yeah. being the, the thing that empowers transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the church empowered by grace seeks unity within our differences. Mm-hmm. Th- this beautiful picture that the New Testament gives us, I, I, the book of Colossians, uh, if I can find Colossians. Got it. The book of Colossians. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> uh, I didn't mark it. In Colossians, Paul gives us this, this picture of uh, what God's chosen people might look like. And he says that they're, they're holy and they're dearly loved in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with, and he gives us this list. Mm-hmm. He gives us a list that we, we like lists, Paul's lists. A lot of people quote Paul's <laughs> it's list. It's a great list. And he gives us this list and he says, clothe yourselves with compassion. So he's talking about the church. Mm-hmm. He's talking about Christians, how the church functions. We clothe, our, clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and patience. Mm-hmm. And then he says something really interesting. Bear with each other. Yeah. And forgive one another uh, as, as if any of you has been forgiven by God, essentially. As it says, uh, forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues. So he gives us our list. This is what you're to aim for. This is what you're to strive to be. These are the virtues of a Christian and of the Christian church. But, but listen to what he says. And, and we're to live in forgiveness, mm-hmm. to be honoring one another. And he says, over all these virtues, in other words, these virtues are useless unless this one thing is present. So over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so there is our love, our grace, and our call to unity. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he's telling us what that actually looks like. Yeah. It's compassionate. Yeah. It's kind. It's humble. Mm. Right? That's, that list is so beautiful. And I think it's, it, it would be so transformative for us to really live into that within our communities. Like, it, that's what makes this possible, this yeah. toss salad vision. Yeah. It's ironic because um, we, we talk all the time uh, as a pastoral staff, as a, as a team about kind of where we're going uh, in the future with our sermon series and things like that. And it's, it's ironic because this series we actually talked about before any of these events in our world. So the world is like quite literally crumbling before our very eyes. If we were to actually like pay attention, wake up a little bit, you know, and just sort of watch what's happening in the world. I mean, we got COVID-19. Yep. We were living in that reality. Yep. But to be honest, that, that's actually like not <laughs> everything that's going on right now. No. There is all kinds of world events, things that are unfolding yeah. uh, in this world. And so this series, we didn't actually plan it uh, with all of the current things happening in mind. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to teach what the New Testament teaches us about the church and a baseline of what, how the church is, is uh, supposed to look. And so I think it's really ironic, but not so ironic. Yeah. I think it's a work of the Spirit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, uh, that God would lead us into a series to explore the New Testament and specifically Paul 
uh, and what does he present as a vision for the church? Now, I, I, when I, as I've been studying this, and the world events have been happening all around me, I mean, we're removed of it in so many ways, but not removed yeah. of it in yeah. so many ways. Um, and I think that's key, mm -hmm. is that we think we're removed from it, but we're actually really not, but we, we keep this distance. But anyway, um, as this is unfolding all around us, um, it's really caused me as I've been teaching this to think to myself, man, like this vision Paul gives of the church, this, this tossed salad vision, we're more of a ranch salad or a separated salad, and that seems to be the way that we're functioning. And, and I mean us locally as a church, and I mean globally yep. as the church. I mean the church. It, it really seems to be kind of a ranch dressing or a separated salad, and we don't seem to grasp how to actually live by the loving grace that's empowering us to live this way. Mm -hmm. We don't really seem to grasp how to do it. So why does the church not seem to be this tossed salad vision? Why are we struggling with this so much? Like, why do I even have to teach this? Shouldn't it just be common sense? Because it's from the New Testament. Yeah, it's pretty wild how strong the pull is towards this ranch dressing salad and actually how, how much we'll fight for it, right? Yeah. A lot of the times we see the church actually fighting for, um, for this ranch salad yeah. where everything is kind of the same. And when, when we're put face to face with, um, things that are different or things that might make us uncomfortable. We don't know what to do with that. Yeah. And, uh, and so we've been chatting a little bit about what's going on around us in, in the world and how that relates to, um, to the gospel and this, this vision for the church that we've been, been um, discussing here at Evergreen. Mm. And uh, I think that often, you know, and specifically the issues that have been coming up around racism and injustice and oppression that actually is is all around us yeah. is uh, is yeah. it's so rampant in the world um but so often we get caught up with just the distractions of our day-to-day -day lives yeah. and and we aren't paying attention uh to the voices of the people around us who are experiencing those things and so a lot of the times i think one of the things that, that gets in the way is just simply our our distraction and our focus on our own selves and our own our own yeah. agenda our own lives. Yeah, so, so we're, we're called to be this unified toss salad of, a, of diversity motivated by love and grace, mm -hmm. and yet there seems to be things in our way, Yeah, and often it's us. Yes. It's just yeah. ourselves. We're, yep. just, we're just not paying attention. Uh, you know, the, the, we're caught up really in our own everyday lives. Um, you know, I, I, one of the things... <laughs> One of the things, and I'm going to put myself out on a limb here, and, and maybe, maybe some people will get angry at me about this, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but I, I, I actually think what I'm going to say is very biblical, very biblical in nature. And, and uh, I think part of the problem, yes, we're caught up on our own lives. That's, that's it. We know that. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're all guilty of that. Yeah. But I, I think that one of the things that the Christian church, in the midst of all of this stuff, we have gotten so focused on opening our churches, worrying about how we define gathering, which I'm going to deal with next week. But we've been so focused on opening our churches or focused on our loss of liberty or what we seem to think the government is taking away from us and, and things like that, 
that we aren't actually paying attention to what's happening around us. Mm-hmm. We're so focused on our own lives and our own experiences and our own need to, to get the club back open uh, and, and to get the meeting to happen the way that we want the meeting to happen mm-hmm. uh, and to, to you know fight against all these lost liberties that we seem to think that we have lost in the midst of COVID that we're not even noticing all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. All the other things that, that I really think is grieving the Holy Spirit right now. Mm-hmm. Is grieving the Spirit because the church is not pressing into these issues. The church is not stepping up and being the, 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 the thing that the world looks to. And that's when the church is being Christ. Mm-hmm. When the church is, is being Jesus, then the, the church will change the world. Mm-hmm. And so we insert ourselves into all of this stuff that's happening in the world as peacemakers, and it changes everything. So I really think rather than fighting for our loss of liberty, liberties, rather than worrying about whether we open our doors or not, maybe we should like, start to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, another thing, I'll come back to some of that. Okay. <laughs> but another thing is that I think it just makes us feel uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. When our world is kind of in chaos or when there's things that we don't understand or when we face situations of injustice, mm-hmm. often we just close our eyes to it. Yeah. We're just like, that's not me. That has nothing to do with me. I'm not part of the problem. Right. And, uh, and it, that just makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yet, like I said... The church should be the leading institution, the leading group of people catalysting change across the world. This tossed salad mm-hmm. teaches us that there is, there is beauty in humanity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to something that I maybe wasn't planning on doing. So bear with me. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, this has caused me to sometimes go back to Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, in the creation story, we're 27 verses into the Bible. 27 verses in, and, and like it's, it's going well at this point. Right. It's not yeah. long, and it's not going to go so well, but yeah. 27 verses in. And it says in verse 27, So God created mankind in his own image. Now, that, that word that the NIV translated as mankind could also be translated as humankind, uh, because it's not a, a, a masculine word there. It's yeah. Adam, the word Adam in the Hebrew language. But the, the word Adam actually in this early on in the text is just a word for humanity. Right. It's not a male or a female word. And so some of our texts say man, uh, but really humankind. So God created humans in his own image. Now, here, I'll show you how I know that it's not masculine in nature. It says, in the image of God, he created, not man, but he created them. He created them, male and female. He created them. So again, to our tossed salad analogy, God created distinction, Mm -hmm. difference, Mm And later on in the text, if you turn to the next page, God saw, verse 31, God saw that all he, had ma- all he had made, and it was very 
good. Mm -hmm. so, so nowhere in Genesis, in chapter 1, does it ever say that God created man, male and female, he created them, and one is above the other. See, in a tossed salad, that's not possible. Right. And in the early onset of Genesis, it's also just not possible. And so when we look at the state of the world and we look at the beginning of Genesis and now how Paul moves that uh, into things like Galatians, where Paul says um, in Galatians 3, verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Paul's taking that Genesis story and he's moving it in to say, you're a tossed salad full of unique individuals mm -hmm. and we should see your femaleness and we should see your maleness we shouldn't be colorblind but we should be uh, uh, uh aware of color and celebrating it right uh carrie saw uh, uh joanna and chip Gaines. i know you totally must get sucked in oh by uh, uh hgtv hgtv <laughs> <laughs> but joanna and chip Gaines were interviewing um interviewing a, uh, a pro football player after all of this uh, injustice has happened with the, with the black community and the police uh, in Minnesota and all the marches that were happening. And they're interviewing him. He's a friend of theirs, and he's a black man that's a pro athlete. And, uh, and Chip was going on about how he had this experience one time that he uh, uh, was really happy about because him and his friends, it was really evident that they saw no color. And uh, when Carrie was sharing this with me, um, she said that the response, and that's the reason I'm telling this story is because I can't actually speak to this. Mm -hmm. The response of this black football player was, um, I don't want you to be colorblind. Right. I want you to see my color. Yeah. And I want you to accept it for me, yeah. of me. And, and I, I'm proud of my heritage. Yeah, and celebrate it. Yeah. Right? And that's what we see from the very beginning is there's this diversity that's built into creation and that God calls us to, to celebrate each other's differences and to have this diversity that exists within this beautiful unity. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So Paul's not saying when he says there's no Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, he's not eliminating gender. Mm -hmm. He's not eliminating the Jewish and Gentile cultures. Mm -hmm. What he's actually doing is, is he's saying salvation mm -hmm. doesn't see those things. Yeah. Not by being blind though, yeah. but salvation is being offered to all people mm -hmm. and all people can come to Christ. And when you come to Christ, you're part of the body, mm -hmm. the body. So that could mean that there's different colored toes, <laughs> right? And, yeah. and, and that could mean that there's olives, that there's tomatoes, that there's things that we think don't make sense in the ranch dressing salad. Yeah. But in actuality, they're ingredients that are put together that at times have to bear with one another in love. Mm -hmm. But they're ingredients that are put together purposely, mm -hmm. uniquely different so that we can make up this body. So the world, I think, is crying out for the church to actually be Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if the church has not done well at living in a tossed salad, I, I'm pretty confident to establish that the church 
generally, and I'm part of the church, yeah. struggles with this toss salad concept. If we've not been good witnesses, then what is it that God is trying to tell us? Because in my experience, that's what's happening, is God is, yeah. is trying to tell us something. Yeah, this is an incredible moment of history, yeah. right? This is, oh, yeah. we're, we're, this yeah. season that we're in is, uh, the ground is shaking underneath of us, right? And so you can, you can be certain that when this starts to happen, that God is on the move. And so um, he's definitely calling us to, to something different in this, calling us as a church, calling the world, calling society, calling us as individuals um, to, to take a different posture. Yeah, I really think that the world needs the church more than ever, mm -hmm. but the world needs the church to be the church. The world needs a church that is following Jesus, exactly. who is the Prince of Peace, Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think that um, Jesus' brother gives us something here. Yeah. I think that he says something that, um, you know, I, I've, <laughs> I've often read and not really listened to. <laughs> You're gonna find that a lot more ironic when I read the passage. In James uh, chapter 1, verse 19, he says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. In other words, pay attention, Jeff, pay attention. <laughs> take note of what I'm about to say. Everyone. So he doesn't say just guys like me who talk too much. He actually says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Mm -hmm. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We often get that backwards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's giving us this radical call, yeah. this radical call to take a posture of listening before we take any posture of thinking we know. Mm -hmm. Before of taking any posture of giving opinion, mm -hmm. before we take any posture of uh, thinking that we have this figured out or reacting in anger. Yeah, getting defensive, yeah. right, which is often where like, we go to. Like if I was honest, mm -hmm. I think back years ago um, when we had that massive power outage mm. and uh, there was conflict that was happening between the government and the Aboriginal community uh, and like, I was just mad that we had no power. Right. Right? So I wasn't, like, quick to listen. Yeah. I was, I was like, quick to speak, quick to get angry. Like, this is, the, I didn't blame it, like, because I didn't even know. Right. I had no idea what was going on. All I know is we don't have power. Yeah. And I need power. I'm angry. But if I would have been listening, mm -hmm. I could have actually learned about what was actually so happening. Bigger picture going on. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I think, I think James when he calls us to this posture of listening, uh, it's, it's really profound. But there's, there is a problem in our society. We have a lot of voices. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of things to listen to. Yeah, this is true. And so really, the question is, is who should we be listening to? Yeah, yeah. Who should we be listening to? Yeah. Especially uh, with like social media, right? There's so many different voices and everybody 
wants to leverage their position and take a stand and and uh, there's a yeah there's a lot going on and a lot of people that we can be listening to but in this season I think God's really calling us to listen to the voices of those who are oppressed yeah and those who have experienced suffering and those who are crying out right yeah. we we serve a God who hears the cries of the oppressed that's what scripture says yeah. right and as his church yeah. we need to do the same and not yeah. just not just hear it, but actually listen. Yeah. Listen to those stories with empathy. Yeah. And be very cautious that we, um, that we take the time to mm-hmm. listen. Take the time to hear directly from those voices rather than making assumptions, rather than burying our head in the sand and saying that's not about me anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that I've been super challenged with as I've been trying to take a posture of listening. I mean, I, I've never led through COVID-19 pandemic uh, or even a lot of the upheaval that's happening in the world today. All the things that are happening right now, the, a lot of this stuff, it's just like, whoa, like how do we lead a church through all of this? And thank mm-hmm. goodness we have the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. it's a massive facade that I'm a leader anyway. <laughs> I'm just a follower of Christ yeah. and he's t- calling me to be like the the one of the main followers, I guess, or, yeah. or an example, uh, which is really scary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we don't listen to the oppressed, yeah. we'll never be aware of what's actually happening. Yeah. And I, I'm personally guilty of that. Mm-hmm. I'm personally guilty of thinking, you know, I, this isn't about me, mm-hmm. you know? And, and the more I've listened, mm-hmm. the more I realize I am guilty of it. Yeah. I realize that I... I as I listen to oppress, oppressed voices, you know, I am guilty of judgment. Mm-hmm. I am guilty of putting ranch dressing all over my salad so that my friends are the same as me and my church is the same as me and, and so on. And, and I just, I just want to admit that yeah. publicly that I, yeah. I am, this is for me, yeah. uh, this posture of listening. So then who shouldn't we be listening <laughs> to? So if we should be listening to the oppressed, that yeah. that should be where we're turning to. Yeah. Uh, then who should we be? Shouldn't we be listening to? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Probably voices uh, that are are calling for a hateful response. Yeah. Would be voices that we would want to uh, to tune out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Which any, unfortunately, I, we're seeing. Yeah. There anybody is some that, of that projects yeah. hate. Anybody that. Uh, honestly, I. Anyone projecting hate is not representing Jesus Christ. Right. Because in no way did Jesus ever uh, project hate toward anybody. Yeah. Maybe frustration at times, but never hate. And don't, don't pull out the turning tables passage. You're completely ris- misreading that text. And I'm going to get into all of these nuances of things throughout the rest of this sermon series. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. We, we need to listen to the oppressed. And we need to not listen to those who are projecting anything that oppresses the oppressed. Yeah. Anyone who acts as an oppressor should not be listened to in this time yeah. and in this world. Yeah. Um, I also think that we shouldn't be listening for those who are focused on self. Yeah. The ranch dressing thinkers. Yep. The ones who are calling out saying, we lost our liberties. Let's fight for our liberties. Because folks, as white southern ontario people we have not lost our liberties Mm -hmm. we have not lost our we have not lost anything 
The government is saying, stay home so that you can be safe and so that others can be safe. Yeah. That's not losing anything. Yeah. It's just a little crazy <laughs> in the yep. sense of, wow, never saw this coming. Yeah. But we've not lost our liberty. And so I, I'm going to beg you, church, and I'm talking specifically to Evergreen, whatever. Yeah. Or if you're not from Evergreen, but you're a Christian and part of the body of Christ, do not listen to those who are focused on self, their own needs, or the ranch dressing thinkers, mm -hmm. the ones who are calling you to fight for something that we don't need to fight for when we should be taking a posture of listening. So don't speak now. Instead, listen. What are some other things? A um, couple things that I would say in response to that specifically, I'm just thinking about Jesus, right? And the, mm. the, the way that Jesus models humility and self-sacrifice for us, right? And so for me, when I, whenever I hear a voice that sounds like it's grasping for power or clinging to power um, or, it, or is afraid to let something go, I'm suspicious of that mm. because what Jesus did, even in, in the incarnation, right? God becoming flesh and giving it up to, to come be with us, to experience humanity yeah. and to give his life yeah. right, in, in uh, the crucifixion yeah. so that we could be set free. Yeah, the ultimate expression of giving away power. Right. Right? Yeah. That's what God did. We'll yeah. get into that yeah. at the end. And so to be this, continued. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I, I'm thinking, and it's going back a little bit to the voices to be careful about listening to, is yeah. uh, there's this concept in social psychology, and I, I think I'm getting, getting the name right, but it's confirmation bias, that we all have this mm -hmm. confirmation bias, right? Where yep. we're constantly looking for voices that are telling us exactly what we want to hear, yeah. right? That will validate exactly what we already believe. Yeah. And so sometimes when we're, when we're coming across um, voices that are unfamiliar to us, we automatically have this response where we want to shut them out. Yeah. And part of listening to the oppressed, I think, is being willing to listen to, to voices that are saying something different, saying something yeah. that might make us uncomfortable. Yeah. And if we're feeling uncomfortable, that's normally a good indication that there's room in that for God to transform us. Yeah. Right? Normally when we're uncomfortable, God is, is welcome into that space in a unique way, and there's opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move. Yeah, and so, often yeah. listening mm -hmm. is actually uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. It, it's way easier to just like talk over someone or give your opinion than it is to sit and actively mm -hmm. listen mm -hmm. to somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it can be uncomfortable. And often, like you said, we get defensive and we, and we lack a posture of humility, mm -hmm. right? And so in Colossians, when he gives us those, those traits, those virtues, I mean, we're called to live those virtues in love. Mm -hmm. Love is what makes it all happen. Yeah. So here's the thing. We're going to continue on in this series. And we're going to continue teaching and exploring the, the call of the New Testament, the vision of the New Testament that the New Testament has for the church. And I'm not going to apologize for what we're teaching because we're genuinely trying to just teach the texts. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that God is doing something really important right now. I think that God is, is saying that it's time to listen to the voices of the oppressed. Mm -hmm. That it's time to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying, to what other prophetic voices are saying about oppression in our world mm -hmm. today.
So I think it's time, evergreen, to start to take a posture of listening. Yeah. To be slow to speak, to be slow to give an opinion, to be slow to get angry, and to listen and to learn. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great things out there. I know Phil Vischer, the guy who created Veggie Tales, yeah, has a great, a great video, video yeah. that uh, really educated me because I had just never taken the time to look into it. Yeah, uh, at, and specifically about the Black Lives Matter movement right now. Mm-hmm. But it was very enlightening for me and helped give me context of where all this even comes from in the first place. And I, and I want to ask you, folks, as we take a posture of listening. How is God calling us to change the way that we think and that we see the world? One of the things in Scripture that we often miss is that it's always active. Mm. It always wants change to be happening and to be active in our lives. And so when we take a posture of listening, be prepared to be transformed through the transforming grace that Jesus offers us through his love Mm -hmm. and to be motivated towards seeing the world differently. And so pastorally speaking, I guess what we're saying is let's take a posture of listening for now. Yeah. Not just about COVID-19. Right. Let's take a, or about opening our building or about what we've lost or so Mm -hmm. on. Let's take a posture of listening to everything, especially the, the oppressed voices in our world. Mm -hmm. Let's begin to listen and learn. And we're going to help you with that in the future as we walk through this. And how is God calling us to change the way we think and how we see the world? Evergreeners, that's, that's the challenge that we have for you as we continue through this sermon series. Next week, we're going to look at, um, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, and 12, and how Paul weaves all of it together with a, a very simple statement of your meetings are doing more harm than they're doing good. Mm-hmm. But then he puts Jesus at the center of it. And so we're going to continue taking a posture of listening, and we're going to listen to what the Holy Spirit says to us through the rest of these teachings, uh, and we're going to continue to listen to the oppressed. Mm-hmm. That's our challenge. Yeah. And we're going to do it with you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to try to take a posture of humility and listening, and, uh, and we're going to share later uh, what we think that we're hearing in the midst of that. And you could share with us, too, yeah. what you think you're hearing. Yeah. But let's first start to listen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn things over to Carrie, and she is going to uh, give us a, a closing prayer. Thank you, Jeff and Tamil, for that encouraging and challenging word that you've shared with us. We just want to take this time to really stop and think, meditate, reflect upon what God's possibly saying to our hearts and what we may have to change in our lives in regards to biases or thought processes that aren't His. So we're just going to take a moment to pray and meditate and uh, please join me. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be your people, to be your hands and your feet. And God, we just thank you for us being able to 
listen to your heart and make our hearts reflect what you want it to reflect. God, we just ask for a transformation in our minds, our thought processes, our biases that we may have that we may not even realize, God. I just pray that you will just help us to stop and listen to what you're saying to us and how we can be your hands and your feet and your heart in this world and in this community. God, we just take these words and and these challenges to heart, and I just pray, God, that you will help us to um, see you more clearly through our days, and I just pray, God, that you will direct us and lead us the way you want us to go. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks. Have a great week. Thank you.